everyone. It's just Emma here today. I'm uh, recording on my own. So uh, today's episode is actually about mental health and uh, it's something I'm deeply passionate about and it's what this mission is for. Um, I have always loved travel and uh, certainly it contributes to my mental health and and, um, my contentedness, but um, it's also mental illness is something that I've experienced personally and I'm passionate about speaking out and sharing my story in the hope that it could help others. So in July 2019, I came up with the idea that I wanted to commit to visiting every UN-recognised country in the world. And, um, you know, I think the the best times I've travelled is when I've had a bit of a purpose and it sort of dawned on me that, yeah, getting to talk about mental health and getting to actually look into mental health around the world and into different countries and different cultures and how it impacts people uh, was something that I would be really interested in doing. Um, I have read about it, just read a great book actually called Lost Connections by Johan Hari, which I totally recommend. Uh, put in the show notes, but I'll uh, just so recommend it definitely in, looks at how we connect and the causes behind depression and anxiety and as opposed to um you know just sort of try to cover it up what are the what are the connections and why why does it continue to happen um but look i don't want to talk too much today about uh the science of it or the reasons and all that sort of thing because i can only really talk from my personal experience and the experiences i've had in my life um and that's what i think is powerful to share so that others feel that they can do it too so that's where i'm at um I'm actually a volunteer corporate speaker for the Black Dog Institute, uh, which I'm very honoured to be. I've um, been involved with them for a number of years. So my first, the first time I got involved was in 2012 when I tripped to Machu Picchu in Peru and I raised money for Black Dog Institute. Um, so personally I raised about $5,000. As a team we raised 60, over $60,000 uh, and during that period we, we talked about mental illness and mental health and I had the opportunity a few times to go and speak in public about it. And um, whenever I spoke openly about it, others opened up to me and I just thought that was so powerful and so important. And so, uh, you know, I really wanted to do it. The other reason I wanted to do um, a trek for mental illness is because my grandmother lived with depression from the age of 13 until the day she died um, at around 83. And um, she wrote journals and she wrote diaries and we're so fortunate to have those. And I love being able to go and look at them now and I've got some really great insights from those as well. She wrote the journaling helped her, so she used to write in the journals quite a lot uh, and just some of the things that she experienced um, having a mental illness back in the 50s and 60s. Um, they had a very different approach, so we're very fortunate she was taken care of. But, you know, it was still so taboo then and uh, even some family members now won't really talk about what happened and what she went through and I think that's just such a, a shame, damn shame. I don't want anybody have to go through that. So um, off the top of the bat, if you are struggling in any way, shape or form, and certainly if you're in Australia, please contact Lifeline by calling 131114. Uh, in every country there should be a mental illness or mental health uh, organisation who, who can 
alternative for support. In Australia, Lifeline is uh, one of the number ones um, just in terms of being able to access them quickly. Uh, you also have Beyond Blue for wonderful resources and support. And then, um, of course, Black Dog Institute. And uh, you can find some more information about Black Dog Institute at blackdoginstitute.org.au. All of this will be in the show notes. But I love working with them. I love partnering with them because um, they are aiming to contribute to a mentally healthier world um, and they, their work's incredible. I'll share a little bit more about that in a moment. In a moment. <laughs> uh, but I wanted to first share my story, I guess. So, yeah. Um, Went to Machu Picchu in 2012 and I also tour led a trek uh, to Bhutan, the happiest place in the world. Um, uh, they rate their gross national, well, you know, instead of a GDP, they do their gross national happiness. That's how they measure success. And I got to visit there in 2015 with a wonderful group. And, uh, again, we raised money for Black Dog Institute and I got to raise awareness for mental health and I just... I'm really glad to be able to share those stories um, and to to go on that journey. And it is a journey. Mental health is a journey. Uh, it cannot be fixed. <laughs> um, but and I've learned that over the years. But yeah, I've I've been on my own mental health journey for quite some time, and then yeah, I ended up becoming a, a corporate speaker with Black Dog, which means that I go to organisations, I speak in front of groups, and I share my story, my personal lived experience in the hope that it does open up the conversation and inform people about the wonderful work that Black Dog do. So before I share my little story, um, big story, I just wanted to do something that I do at the top of my all of my talks and, um, you know, this is being recorded in Australia. So an acknowledgement of country is something that Black Dog, I, I do with Black Dog. So Black Dog Institute would like to acknowledge Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people as Australia's first people and traditional custodians. We value their cultures, identities and continuing connection to country, waters, kin and community. We pay our respects to elders past and present and are, are, are committed to making a positive contribution to the mental health and well-being of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people across Australia. Um, now on to my story. So I'll, I'll open with a question. Have you ever had something happen? That has changed your life and changed your world forever. Have you ever had your whole world turned upside down and know that it's never going to be the same? I have. I was 17 and I discovered something that led to my parents' separation and, and in that moment I knew that my life was never going to be the same. So... I was in year 12, I was in the final year of my school and studying for my HSC and so I actually had an exam the next day and I went into school and I walked up to my deputy principal before the before my English exam and I said to him, I need to see a counsellor now. Uh, fortunately, he took it very seriously and he went and um, he said, okay, and went off and went in and sat at my desk and he came up to me and he said, after the exam, go to this room and you have a meeting appointment with the counsellor. So amazingly, I did finish my exam and then I went and I saw the counsellor and she immediately diagnosed me with post-traumatic stress disorder, so PTSD, which surprised me. I mean, felt pretty traumatised and pretty full on, but 
I always thought that PTSD was reserved for uh, war veterans and for people who through had been through um, major natural disasters or through, I guess, really traumatic things. Um, I didn't realise it was something that would be assigned to me and something that I would be experiencing. She did explain that um, it was going to be a long road and that it could be that, um, you know, this is could lead to depression. And that was a bit daunting actually because um, although I was quite young, I had had a boyfriend in high school whose mother and brother had had depression uh, and had both been hospitalised. So I saw firsthand how bad it could get, how low you could go. And, you know, it was scary because I didn't had no control over it. I didn't know what was going to happen. Um, I knew I was pretty upset at the time. So over the weeks and months, things did get worse. I wasn't able to get out of the funk and I uh, felt really, really low and just wasn't really myself anymore, which was pretty awful. Um, I actually remember sitting in class one day and it still breaks my heart. <laughs> I was sitting next to a friend and he turned to me and he just said, I just want the old Emma back. And, um, yeah, it made me realise that I wasn't the same and I did feel different. And, um, yeah, we went to my GP, who a family GP, who was amazing actually, and he uh, got me to do this a mental health test you can do, and I did that. And, yeah, we confirmed that I was experiencing and did have depression. And so they sent me to a psychiatrist. Um, I'm just so grateful that they took that very seriously and that they, they were there to get the help that I needed. And, you know, um, my parents also took it seriously. My mum, you know, just helped me to access the help I needed. The school was really understanding and and were open to helping. But um, just because you go and do those things and you start to get the help, um, you know, and I won't go into the details, it's my, my story, but, um, you know, I did, I did have medication through uh, prescribed by the psychiatrist just because you have all those things doesn't mean that it just makes it all better. Um, you still have to go through it. And um, I think back sometimes I look, you know, school was really hard and, and sometimes I think because I'm like, doing well now and I'm okay that you look back and you think, why didn't I just do that exam? Why didn't I just do those assignments? Why couldn't I just focus? And if I really take myself back to that time and sitting in there, sitting at that computer it was devastating that all this work I'd been doing and all these things that I used to be able to do, I couldn't do. I couldn't make sense of it. I couldn't string these sentences together that I used to be able to do so well. And um, I really just wasn't operating at my normal functionality. So when I think back to there, it, was, it wasn't possible. Unfortunately, um, the school did recognise that. Um, you know, and as much as things are hard during that time, the funny thing, and I do still do it now, is, is celebrating the little wins and the little things become big. And probably, you know, we're in this time of COVID, it's a good thing to remember. Little things can be big things. Um, I one day was home a lot and uh, I finished a puzzle. I did a 1,000-piece puzzle and I finished it. And I called my mum and I said, Mum, I finished the puzzle. And she celebrated with me and... You know, any other day, <laughs> like whoop-de-doo, Emma, you finished a puzzle. But 
when you're in that time and that place of, of where getting out of bed is a challenge and um, getting dressed or making yourself a piece of toast is kind of they become achievements. And um, finish sitting and focusing and concentrating on a puzzle for that length of time and, and to complete it was a big deal and it was a really nice moment. So um, fortunately I did end up getting through my year 12. I didn't actually go to a few of my final exams and there's a system in place to support that but that, that broke my heart a bit and still doesn't sit very well with me. I'm a very high achiever. <laughs> Most people who know me know that. Um, so I didn't like not being able to do it but I just couldn't, just wasn't operating um, at, at, at any capacity really. Uh, the fact that I did the other exams is quite miraculous and I really thank the psychiatrist and the doctor for giving me strategies to cope, giving me a toolbox uh, to work with to get through that time. And, and the other thing that really helped me was having that, having a goal. I was fortunate to be in year 12 and I had a few goals lined up. So um, first goal was to finish high school and uh, to graduate. Then after high school, I had a schoolies cruise booked. So for those not in Australia, schoolies is um, this big end of high school holiday, like like spring break for America, but just at the end of your 12. And I was going on the schoolies piano cruise, <laughs> like, you know, aim high. Uh, but, you know, that was my goal and uh, I got to do that. That was amazing. And then my other goal was that when I was 18, I was going to take a gap year uh, between high school and university and go over to Europe for a year. And, um, you know, as you'll hear along this podcast, I did that. And um, having those things in place and having those goals and steps as well, if you don't finish high school, you don't get to go on the cruise. If you don't, you know, if you haven't gone on the cruise, you're probably not going to go on a 12-month, you know, gap year. Uh, But I did those things and I got there. It wasn't easy, but I did. And, um, yeah, it's funny now, like I say to people, in a way, I'm grateful for having depression at such a young age um, because it taught me a lot about how to cope with it, how to talk about it, how to seek help. And if, uh, if there's one thing you take away from this story, it's it's please, please seek help. Please ask for help. Please say I'm not okay because that was the biggest turning point in my story was reaching out and saying I'm not okay. I can't do this on my own and I need someone. I need, needed a team, actually, um, as we all do in life. So, um, you know, I, as you hear from this podcast, I'm pretty outgoing and vivacious and bubbly person, but there's still times with a black dog and I love that analogy that um, Sir Winston Churchill used to describe his depression, the black dog. The black dog does come and sit with me and they certainly don't go away. They, uh, they're always hanging in the background. So having those strategies and those tools in place to recognise when things aren't going so well and that I am starting to, to slip, um, that I can start to take the actions. And, you know, when, um, when you are really in those dark places and you're going through something, your loved ones and your friends try to help which is so great, but sometimes they don't know how to help. Um, you can you can help them by letting them know what you need, uh, but obviously as well sometimes when you're in that dark place you can't really can't really communicate that. But, you know, I used to, people used to say to me, just go for a walk. And I was like, great, 
I've just got to um, get out of bed first. <laughs> um, and they still use that now, you know, just go for a walk. Sometimes I don't feel like going for a walk, but, you know, yes, it can help, but, you know, take it step by step. Then other people would say, you know, just stop thinking about it, you know, just, just you know, stop worrying. Okay, I'll just stop those thoughts racing through my mind and I'll just try and control my brain. Um, doesn't work quite that easily. And uh, my favourite was just get over it. Like, you know, just be happy. Stop being sad. Like I had some sort of, yeah, control over my mind and some sort of control over my what I was going through. And I think we've come a long way in recognising that mental illness is an illness and treating it as such, but it's an invisible illness and unlike some other diseases and, and sicknesses which are quite visible, you can see that somebody's hurting and sick, uh, we don't treat mental illness the same. So just because somebody looks like they're chugging along okay doesn't always mean that they are. That's why it's important and I love the message from Are You Okay? and Are You Okay Day just to say Are You Okay? Because it's heaps easier for somebody to say no, I'm not, than it is for someone to um, reach out and, you know, say, oh, hi, I'm really struggling. I'm, I think I'm experiencing depression. I really need to see someone. But just asking the question and letting them talk, it can make, can, can really be a great start. So, you know, like I said, um, I still have experienced depression and anxiety over the years I still have times where I did but never have I gone quite down as low I've had a few sort of bigger relapses but I have my strategies now I see a psychologist at least once a month um generally once a month unless traveling sometimes but we do phone sessions so even even with COVID we um you know it didn't really impact our our relationship and I've been able to contact and have sessions with her from all around the world which is amazing um I've also you know used resources such as the Black Dog Institute they have a wonderful app um that you can use on your phone or there's a desktop one as well but um it's the snapshot app is really great um there's also yeah my compass which is an interactive self-help program that helps you manage mild to moderate stress anxiety or depression and um you know really those tools are useful. Um, I also use apps like Fortify for um, uh, just calming, mindfulness. Uh, there's a lot of tools I have, walking, uh, talking to someone. The thing is, though, when you're going through it, just because you have all those tools and just because you know logically what's happening, it doesn't mean that it just instantly feels better. It's a real journey. It's a real process. And that's why you need support and to have people along on the journey. So, Highly recommend reaching out to someone like Black Dog Institute. They're a research institute as well as a not-for-profit organisation and their aim is to contribute to a mentally healthier world. Um, there's some pretty, like, epic statistics in Australia um, alone and they are that each year one in five Australians will experience mental illness. 65% of people will not seek professional support and I think that for me is one of the big, that's such a standout because having support, it just makes this journey so much better. And uh, I'm so grateful for the support that I've had from friends, family and organisations such as Black Dog over the years. And sadly, suicide is the leading cause of death among 15 to 40, 44 year olds. 
the leading cause of death in Australia. So it's um, it's an issue. It's a real issue, and that's why I want to talk about it. And um, you know, this, this episode's been pretty full on. <laughs> Not gonna lie. It's full on for me too. It's funny. I'll probably listen back to this. I nearly cried a few times, but I'll probably listen back, have a bit of a cry. I've written articles, which I'll also share in the um, show notes, but I've written articles and written them just fine. Talk to, I can do it, um, a corporate talk just fine, but when I listen back or read back, I, I do cry because it's, yeah, it's a pretty big deal, hey? Um, so... Uh, look, my email's there as well, like even if you just want to share your story with me, um, info at lovelytravels.com, but by no means am I a mental health professional. Um, it's just more that sometimes sharing with a stranger or talking out loud can can help. Again, that number for Lifeline is 131114. I just want to leave you with a little message though as well um, in terms of just considering the approach to mental health, and that is if you uh, are unwell, if you're sick, you would go and see a doctor. If you uh, had a sore shoulder and having some pain, you would go and see a physio. If you were unfit and needed to get healthier, you might hire a personal trainer. But when your mind is unwell, what do you do? What do we do? Just have a think about it. Um, the aim of this podcast is to chat about travel, to talk about the amazing adventures that not only I have been on, but my wonderful guests have been on as well, but also to discuss, um, mental health openly and honestly. And, uh, you know, like I said, travel has, it just fills me with joy. Um, it opens my world up. It gives me a sense of perspective. It's given me a sense of purpose. And that's why I I guess I love it so much. And I hope that on this mission to visit 195 countries that I can raise some more awareness for mental health and, and mental illness, keep having discussions openly and honestly with people from different countries and different cultures. And uh and yeah, we can we can all contribute to a mentally healthier world. Take care of yourselves and until next time, I've been lovely. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to this week's episode and thank you Emma for sharing uh, your thoughts on on this uh, topic of mental health. Uh, Join us next week for an interview between Emma and Danielle Feiland, um, solo traveller and blogger extraordinaire. Uh, Looking forward to it. See you soon.